No. Give me my little flip phone. I'll call you and you call me and that's it. And I ain't no telephone love. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Both Sides with DJ. And honey. Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. We are back. Yeah. It feels like it's been a long time. It feels like it, right? Since we've gone to Dominican Republic and been back now. We're happy Um, to be back. Apologize again for the skipping that week. But we are back, nonetheless. Both Sides with DJ Honey Podcast. We're going to jump right into it. Hope you guys enjoyed the videos and all those things we've put up. And our new apparel. And the new apparel as well. Yes. I um, hope you guys, well, I know I did, enjoyed my slow motion honey. Um, <laughs> looking very, very, very um, snackish. Um, but Thank yeah, you, I should have kept that one to myself. Thank you, babes. No problem. The Oscars last weekend has passed, ladies and gentlemen. And it was a bunch of... Familiar faces that we all know, of course, and um, we should all be proud of, Mm -hmm. of course, because we are starting to become more familiarized and more noticed for our hard work and efforts and acting and so forth. Um, Go ahead, give them the winners that we are on So, of course, we should start with Miss Regina King. She won for Best Supporting Actress in yes. If Beale Street Could Talk. Yes, which was a great movie. Yeah, we did see that. We watched movie. that. And we encourage people to watch yeah, it too. Yeah, it was a good movie, you guys. Um, the second one. Took place in New York. <laughs> yeah, that's right, that's right. The second one was Mahershala Ali. Good job. And that one for Best Picture also, which is The Green Book. Yes. Um, and he won for Best Supporting, supporting actor. actor. I thought that movie was, was amazing. He I loved was, that movie. I loved it. It's really much not to say about that, but it was a great. Well, he's racking up. Yeah, he's coming up really, it was, really. It was good. Know, I'm speechless because he deserved it. He really deserved it. He was amazing in yeah. that movie. He played. You an definitely awesome, should go see it. Awesome pianist. Yeah, it was pianist. Right. Um. Who else? Um. Spike Lee. Spike Lee. They won for Black Handsman, um, best adapted screenplay, and he. It was a team of them. It was Spike Lee, then you had Kevin Wilmot, you had Charlie Watchell, and David Rainbow. Okay. So they won as a team. So well, that was know, really nice. But we know Spike Lee. Yeah, right. And the then. Great movie. We talked about that earlier oh, yeah, in the season. A couple episodes. Yeah. Right? A couple. We had like 18 now. I know. It just it's, feels like. It was a way, way back. But we did talk about Black Clans. <laughs> yeah. It was a good movie. We'll talk about If Bill Street Could Talk and um, Green Book another day as well. Um, we have an action-packed show for you guys as well. So yeah, yeah, it's a lot yeah. happening. This so if you guys hear us speeding through this stuff, it's because we got a lot in store. Go yeah. ahead, baby. And last but not least, we had um, Black Panther, which won for original score. Um, Ruth Carter won for best costume design. And Jay... Well-deserved. Yes. And Jay Hart and Hannah Bleacher won for best production design. So it was really nice to see, you know, that we are making some... Type progress, progress yeah. in the Oscars. It was Still nice. deserve more. So, yeah. A lot more. But, you know. But a nice way to seal off Black History Month. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Um, with good news always comes bad. Um, first and foremost, we reported this. We posted this on Instagram about Jesse Smollett when he first reported 
the hate crime being, a- being committed against him, which we all know now is false. Um, something we learned to not always jump to the defense of, you know, especially in the media and us being where we are and stuff and not knowing what right. we know and stuff like that. But um, shame on Jesse. Right. Um, very shame. But those things do happen. Yeah. And you still want to acknowledge the, the real hate crimes that happen. And um, sad he used as a platform. I don't know what it was for. But he said he wanted more money from Empire. What was that supposed to do? I don't know. Like make I said, him, I don't know what that's for because that was not... That's make not him more job. of a hotter commodity, I guess. Because it happened in Chicago. And, I, and I'm tired of people calling... The um the and I'm about to call them the brothers too because I can't even pronounce their name and I've been trying I've looked it up too, the brothers they they call them the brothers, um, African American kids, um who were paid by Jesse to you know attack him allegedly to, to attack to stage an attack right. against him to I guess. Coerce more money from Empire to make him himself a more hotter commodity. Um, turned himself in, so he's going to be, I guess, on trial or whatever. And honestly, I think in a way he should. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because definitely. you took it to the extreme. When you said news, it changed everything. Yeah. That and the was MAGA hats and all those yeah. things. Um, that was a little bit much. Shame on him. So it was, it was a weekend of um, award winning and a weekend of lockups. <laughs> For um, some more reason, I'm not. They got R. Saying. Kelly finally. Of all, it took this to say that? Come on now. They finally got Kells. Well, he he got 10 counts of aggravated assault. Um, and he's going, I guess they're going to put it for trial. Hopefully, yeah, they you know. get him this time, ladies and gentlemen. Um, that is true news. <laughs> um, another person who's on cuffs, and you know, guys, we cover sports, and we're going to transition right into sports right after this. Um, Robert Kraft. Oh, man. Um. He- the owner of the, the, the New England Patriots. Patriots got caught with um, prostitution. Yes. He um they charged him with two counts of first degree solicitating um in Florida. That's what he's happened. not gonna do any time. He's not. And and, and 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 people pay for sex. I'm sorry. Yeah, he, he just, just got, got caught. caught. <laughs> he just got caught. <laughs> in all due reality, he well, just they got probably caught. put him on speed because of the fact he probably gave a hundred dollars. Yeah, they that... said it was a hundred going in, a hundred going out. Yeah, he could have um, given a little bit more. For I guess. That. Yeah. So they caught him. He's caught. Yeah. A bunch of other people were caught as well. It wasn't just him. Um, so it was the weekend of lockups. <laughs> they got um, Art Kelly, Robert Kraft, and Jesse Smollett and a bunch of memes handcuffed yeah, together over much. the last much. weekend. Um, but nonetheless, it's a new weekend. It is. Um, as always. As always. We always do cover sports. That's where we at, baby? Yes. yes. So right now. Oh, boy. Um, Steelers, my my Steelers, as you guys can see, I always have my my little Mm. emblem Mm. above Mm. us on the both sides set. Mm. And um, A.B. and Le'Veon Bell is basically gone. They're going to be on um, different teams at the start of the season. And we thought of some teams we might think they can fit in or it would look good. These aren't teams that uh, we've that heard that we yeah, we just yeah. thought of some teams and this has been going on for some time. We both know these guys are going to be going for some weeks now. So, um, you go ahead, AB. Where you see? Okay, AB? don't make fun of me. Okay, I'm gonna say Seahawks. The Seahawks yes. with Russell Wilson. Yes, that's not bad. Russell Wilson, Doug Baldwin. See, I don't, I don't. 
Yeah, it 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 looks and sounds good, but it's just that that offense is just so shifty. One year they're like a passing offense, well, maybe then the next year they're a running team, and then Russell Wilson's his best when they're running team, and then you know if AB don't get the ball, who knows how he's gonna act? So I mean, I, I though I think it's a good fit, I don't know if that can work out like more than a season. Maybe they may stay at the Steelers. I I I got. I would like to. I would like to see Antonio Brown, and Steeler fans are going to be upset with me with this one. I have the Cleveland, the Cleveland oh. Browns. See what happens when you let me talk. Oh. I have the Cleveland Browns. Um, I can see that with Baker Mayfield. I know Baker I Mayfield is that. young, but I feel like he can catch on pretty quick and um, Adaptation. he and AB can have a, a, a nice rapport together another team I wrote down for AB um, New Orleans Saints I don't know if anybody or any of these teams have cap room for AB's contract or anything like that but I feel like Drew Brees last year or maybe two years you know get that yeah, extra help wide receiver get that second guy to Michael Thomas or they could be both number ones, whatever you want to do, and just let him rip for the last year. You got two running backs, two wide receivers, star studs. So those are the teams I wrote for AB. Le'Veon Bell, I have, or I would like to see Le'Veon on the Eagles, possibly, with Carson Wentz. Because Nick Foles is going to be a free agent. <laughs> I was about agent. to say, wait a minute. Nick yeah. Foles is going to be a free agent. Right. They're not going to franchise tag him this year. So he's going to be a free agent. Um so, Le'Veon on the Eagles or Le'Veon on the Packers with Aaron Rodgers? Hmm. Aaron Rodgers is a vet. Le'Veon's a vet. They both are threats. You don't know whether to protect the pass or the run. That's going to be crazy. Le'Veon, I don't know. I had a hard decision to make on that one because I still see him like he's going to be, is he going to reflect on the team as a bad influence in the sense of like his... He's never been really a bad influence on the team. I know, but this whole I, I, I think way that he handled Antonio, things, well, what, with sitting out with the contract, it's money. I know. But and the way, you know, the way the NFL treat running backs or, you know, the way the contracts treat running backs, he had to preserve his body for his money. Whether, whether what if he got injured this year, he would have never got anything. So, at the end of the day, if he doesn't get what he was supposed to get last year that he sat out or whatever, at least he secured his body for another run or maybe rejuvenated himself so he can go, you know, full force. Hopefully, he's healthy and stayed in shape and stuff. But, you know, that's what you got to do. Business, right? Yeah. Just like the NFL would tell a player is a business. business. You're right. So, what teams did you have leaving? I only have one. San Francisco. San Fran. Yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo, if he can stay healthy, that's not a bad team. It's not. That's not help. bad. Yeah, they, they need a running game. He, he they can, need a steady running game. He has that. Yeah, he can, he do, can that. do that. And Jimmy Garoppolo will be protected more with a running back like Le'Veon. I can see that. See that. Even though AB said he want to go to San Francisco, he want to go play with Garoppolo. But I think he just. I think AB just want to be close to California. I think he wants to go to California, somewhere close where he's in Hollywood. He wants to be a star. He don't. Flashy. Yeah, he is. Yes. Um, <laughs> so that's the NFL right now. It's the off season. Um, we've been watching a lot of college basketball lately, of course, with um, Zion Williamson's injury and March Madness coming. Right. Um, Zion has been out last three games. Three games. They've lost two of those three games um, against North Carolina and Virginia Tech. 
question. Do you think it was a sneaker or just just a fluke? It, no. Uh, what do you mean? Like, like it just uh, it just happened. Like some remember when it first came, I was like, oh, it was a sneaker for. No, I mean, it just happened. They said he wear those sneakers plenty of times. I mean, at the end of the day, they say he's okay, so I'm not gonna blame the sneaker. He can't, he's gonna get a pair of new shoes. Mm. He'll be all right. I just don't know if you're gonna see him play college basketball again. That's all. I don't think he should. If it jeopardizes him in the draft, I don't think he should. Well, you know, he got some decision to make. Protect your money. Protect yourself. You have you know, to your injury. And that's See, funny. how could you say that for Zion or not um, Le'Veon? Because I think it became a tantrum with him. The way he handled... I mean, I understand at the end of the day, I don't fault anybody for going whichever way they choose to get their money. You deserve whatever you deserve. But it became too much focus on... The way he was acting, the way he was acting, I didn't think it was like sports. I, I, I guess what you're saying, like, like with the things he was doing while he wasn't playing. Yeah, it was like okay. it was not sports, like, like you know, and it caused an effect on the team as a whole. I think that was a little bit too much. Okay. Um, other college news. I hope everybody is, or well, not hope, but by now, if you haven't heard, um, Coach Jim Beheim from Syracuse um, he, on a snowy night struck and you know killed someone with his vehicle. George and him. him, him. Jimenez. Yes, um, with his vehicle. So, you know, thoughts and prayers go out to the family and stuff. We don't want to talk about it, but it is Kyle, it is news yeah. so far. So, you know, we'll see how that affects he the team. He coaching, well. yeah, stuff yeah. like that. It's tough. It's tough to, you know, things that's out of control and, you know, weather-related. Yeah. And, you know, this, he wasn't inebriated or anything like that. So, you know, those tragic things happen and, you know, Just you don't want to see it happen, you know, Just exactly. Next, um, Ole Miss, ah, a kneeling. school that took a stand against hate crime yeah, or, or, or hate groups in the area of their school, took a kneel in the beginning of a basketball game during the national anthem. And had every right. And had every right to do so because, um, of course, they were kneeling for a bigger cause. It wasn't to disrespect the flag or anything like that. If, they got tired. They yeah. got tired of of pro of of like these confederate groups coming on their campus all these hate groups that just come well the previous one was a pro-confederate group and then uh, in particular it was like overall they just have a lot of hate groups coming on the campus and they're promoting it and they don't want to hear it no more and mm-hmm. i don't how do you work that though because it's freedom yeah. of speech it's a group it's not like you know i understand that's it's 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 a touchy situation but i don't think they should allow it in my opinion Super kudos to those Ole Miss students yeah. that took that kneel. Hopefully, um, Michael Cohen has the president busy enough so he doesn't hijack <laughs> that. Um, in basketball, we have the Lakers and oh. the way they're just not reaching the playoffs and the way Boston is sinking from the you know first you know half of the but seating what, in the East. The Lakers. It was already put out there. Don't expect them to get to the playoffs. Like, LeBron and now missed like seemed, 17 games, though. Yeah, but now everybody's like, oh, they should go. And, like, everybody's getting hyped They're talking up. about LeBron should sit out for the rest of the season. Um, <laughs> the season was a wash. You know, I didn't expect them to go crazy. It was nice and exciting in the beginning. LeBron mm-hmm. in a new uniform. That's always cool, but you didn't expect them to do anything. And if they do make the playoffs, they'll be the AFC playing Golden State and get... It ain't happening. Smacked up it like they never. It'll be worse than when he was in Cleveland, and I'm telling you that now. Um, the Celtics 
They seem to be going in uh, another direction. Kyrie, I feel your pain. He what pain? Like he got a bunch of talented dudes on the team, and but they what just happened? It's the chemistry. It's something yeah, with the chemistry. I think, it, I, and I hate like Kyrie's my favorite player, but I, I think when Kyrie doesn't want something, he carries a karma that affects people, like like a yeah. like an aura that affects people around him. Sorry. Overall, it'd be a negative aura. Yeah. Not saying that he's negative so, person, like, but the whole fact of his free agency and stuff coming up, you know. That's creating a bad aura around the team, especially the way he's talking to everybody mm-hmm. in the media. And you see him on ESPN just being, you know, nonchalant about certain things and go ask the coach and those type of things he's saying. So that's much. putting an the aura. Then you got his teammates saying that they're not a team. And, you know, that is a, you know, they're going to get bumped out probably the first round just because they're not playing together. Do you consider them broken? That team, not yet. No, they got oh, time. Okay. They got like more than twenty games. They got time. Oh, okay. They're not broken. Okay. Um, Just check it. But they like gotta. Kyrie. Ky- yeah, Kyrie's out of there though. He's going. He's going about it. You know he promised to be back, but I don't know. He's going about it. This is a special show, everybody. We got a a, a guest coming yes. on. Yes. Well, it's always a special show. It's even more special, special when, when we have, have a guest. guest. Yes. Baby, can, why you, we're thinking, I'm amped. I don't know why, because we're back, and I don't know. But you ain't got to sing alto while I sing tenor. Can I talk? Okay. We have a special guest. Uh, Madam CFO's very own Nicole Dorch will be joining us after this, right? Yeah. Yeah, after this, she'll be joining us. You want to say something? Go ahead. Just, he looks so amped. Go ahead. No, I'm talk. Just, go ahead. No, no just, go ahead. I'm just happy. No, now that you said it go like ahead. that. No, I'm done. <laughs> You put me in the spot like Next, that. Nicole will be joining us, talking about being a life coach, you know, how to handle your finances in a time like this, and um, her journey basically to, to Madam CFO and all the positions in her accolades and achievements that she is bringing to the table. It's good, ladies and gentlemen. You guys may want to, you know, very well tune in. Get your pens. Get, yeah, get your pens paper. and paper ready. Mm-hmm. If you guys are looking on ways to, to save or you want to take some information, um... You guys are going to hear this. Um, Nicole Deutsch will be joining sure. us next. This is Both Sides with DJ. And Honey. Podcast will be back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Both Sides, ladies and gentlemen, with DJ and Honey Podcast. We have our guest, as promised, yes. Madam CF- CFO, excuse me, Nicole George. Hey, everybody. Is on the line with us. How you doing, Nicole? I'm doing good. And you? Thanks for coming on the podcast. We are doing well. We good now that you're on. <laughs> First and foremost, we want to let everybody know that um, social media is a hard game and um Getting supporters is even harder. And Nicole was actually the first person or one of the first to like our page or, or, or follow us. So first and foremost, like, thank you for that. You're welcome. We're going to be forever, forever Great. grateful. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You guys are listening. Hey, I'm all here. Like I said, all support. It's all love. Thank you. So, Nicole, can you give us like a little background history about yourself? Sure. Uh, let's. Where, where do I start? 1982. No, I'm not going to start there. Um, <laughs> where are you from, girl? 
So, uh, <laughs> let them know. Um, I am from Washington, D.C. Uh, and so a little bit about me uh, and, and kind of my history and kind of where I got started with Madam CFO. Uh, so I want to say this was 2017. Um, I actually hit the final level in my career um, and, I, and I work in finance and I work for the federal government here. Uh, and so I became a chief financial officer for one of the top agencies in the Department of Defense. Uh, and with that role being um, the first youngest African-American woman in that position, uh, I endured a lot. And I just said from that, I kind of built up Madam CFO. Actually, the, the name Madam CFO came from my staff. Um, because I was on Capitol Hill uh, pretty much every day in a lot of congressional meetings. And um, the running joke was, you know, you, Nicole's on the move because you hear her heels because <laughs> I walk so hard <laughs> in the office. Because literally, I mean, I think I need like a segue because I was just moving and grooving at work. But um, no, my career in finance uh, originally started in, I want to say, 2005. Uh, so I graduated from Norfolk State uh, with a bachelor's in psychology and realized very quickly um, that I did not want a master's in psychology because, one, I didn't feel like writing any more papers. And two, I am only five uh, feet, uh, five zero. Uh, so working in a mental Whoa. institution is uh, not for <laughs> yeah, me in my height. <laughs> right. I'm only 5'0", 125. Them, you know, I can't. Nope. Seen a sixth sense. Said it's not for me. Uh, so <laughs> I decided to uh, change my major once I graduated in 04. And I went and got my master's in uh, public administration with a concentration in finance. And kind of just pretty much started my career. Um, I had been with DOD while I was in undergrad, so I knew exactly what I wanted to do. And I knew I didn't want to go into the military, but I wanted to support the many um, men and women that do fight for this country. And so that's how I, how I navigated with DOD. Um, so long story short, getting back to that achievement level in my career as a chief financial officer at the age of 35, um mm. yeah I'm uh, you know I'll be 37 this year uh so um I just decided like okay I need to step down from this position and really focus on the community and that's what I'm doing with Madam CFO is getting out there teaching women um do take some men clients but definitely teaching women just the basic foundations of personal financial management was there like a situation that just made you say, okay, this is, I, I want to empower women on their finances? Like, was there anything personal? Oh, or heck yeah. Something oh, you oh, saw? Yeah. Like oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yes, uh, definitely. Um, I was in a relationship and I just said I had enough. I had enough for him and I had enough of just giving out free information. Um, and I just mm -hmm. said, you know what? from the birth of that came the business. But I think the the pivotal moment for me was when uh, 45 got into office. 
um, because I, and mm. mind you, before I started the business, I was giving out free financial information. But of course, nobody listens, right? And so when 45 mm. um, became president, uh, I kept telling everybody, like, you know, don't worry about Trump. You know, what you need to do for the next four years is get your financials in order because we don't know what's getting ready to happen. I mean, I have my own little charts, my own little predictions. Uh, you know, I watch the financial news and everything else. And so as I was giving out free information, the furlough happened um, here in D.C. And most people know about it, you know, around this country. And it was just a shocker to see how I warned a lot of people. I warn a lot of people like, listen, don't spend your money during Christmas. There, you know, the new fiscal year is coming up. There are a lot of uncertainties that may happen. And once the furlough happened, everybody who I warn, you know, either set themselves up financially and went on vacation or those who just didn't listen was stuck in that paycheck to paycheck. And so I was just like, you know what, this is, this is ridiculous. So when I do my workshops, my workshops are not free anymore because you could have gotten all the free information I was giving prior to me starting the business. Now you got to pay for it because if you really want to be serious about your finances and what I find, if you're really serious, it's going to cost you. I was going to ask you like how often are your workshops? So I was going to ask, are they like seminars? Like how do you go about getting your, your groups together? And is it also in the D.C. area district or like is there a way people call in? Um, yes. OK, so the workshops, um, which is like a two hour kind of hands on session that is um, every other month. And then there is a personal financial management class. So what that does in the class, I mean, in the workshop, let me start step back in the workshop, you're basically getting a preview of what the class is right so you get a chance to take away some valuable information it empowers you to kind of really open your eyes because that's what i'm doing in, the, in that workshop i'm really opening your eyes to translate what you see in the news that you date that you know most people common knowledge just would not understand so i'm opening your eyes and i'm opening your mind and if you really want to do a deep dive into where you are financially and kind of how to create that plan and kind of do it in a private setting or in a group setting then that's when the classes come and the classes are four weeks so those are um accelerated courses um but i do offer coaching memberships where I tell people it's like going to the gym you're lifting the weight I'm telling you exactly how to do everything and then I also offer coaching um, packages where we you and I are both um, doing the heavy lifting and trying to get your financial plan and trying to get your finances in order and what I tell people is I don't use any new techniques I use all of the old techniques because when you're dealing with money all your old techniques work it's nice to have apps and everything else but it's like math yes adding by calculator is very easy but when you do it by hand now it becomes difficult so learn the difficult way before you implement a new way. Um, and then to answer your question, is it in the D.C. area? Yes, it is in the D.C. area. However, I have plans to kind of branch out into the different cities. I don't necessarily want to offer it online 
because what I find is that when you deal with someone in money, they need to be able to touch you. Hands on, right? Yeah. It's and money. that's you. And when you're talking about somebody's finances, you got to really build trust. So I can't really build trust with you via the internet. Um, and to me, it's not as personable. Um, and, and like I said, I've been in my career for about what? 17 years and what I find is that when you're dealing with money people want to see you face to face and know that you're a real person yes we may talk on the phone Not dealing with a right yes we may talk on the phone we may do video chat but I gotta know that you feel me and because money is a very sensitive topic so you know to everyone mm-hmm. <laughs> yes to everyone it's a very everyone care if you got a, a, a dollar in your account or you got a, a million it's still a sensitive topic now, as far as like, okay, averagely, like when you grow up, you, you hear from your parents, you should start saving now and worrying about your parents. You being a life coach and going through all the situations, especially having a major in finance, what do you tell people as to how should they start preparing? Because, you know, at certain ages, especially at 25, we go through the situation of like, yeah, we got money, we got a job, but we're always spending, spending, spending. Mm-hmm. When should people start? to like realize the future is now and you need to build on it in order to see wherever you want to head into. To better answer that, I'm going to give the same example of when I got started with money, which was in elementary school. So my mom, um, before she became a teacher, she was a comptroller. Um, And her thing was when we would go places, um, and I tell the same story in my workshop, Um, you know, back then people were writing checks at the grocery store. So what my mother would do is um, she, I would, she would make sure I bought my notepad and my pencil and she would go, we would go to the grocery store together and she said, your job is to add up everything that I put in the basket. Don't worry about the taxes or any of the fees because, you know, that's a different kind of lesson. But your total should match with the total that the cashier comes up with. And that was I the think- first introduction of money. So if you if we start have if we start having these conversations early and start getting um, um, your children involved at an early age and the importance of savings, the importance of having a budget, um, understanding what are the things you have to spend money on. Uh, and just understanding, okay, you know, gearing up to the age of 18, it could resolve a lot of the issues. But the thing about it is we don't talk about money at home at all because technically some of us are doing things with money that we're not supposed to or either we're embarrassed or we don't want someone to know how much money we have. But those life skills have to be taught at an early age. It definitely starts at the top with the parents. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure I'm sure you get a lot of clients out of parents. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you get a lot of, do you get a lot of like black clients? I'm sorry to ask it so bluntly. But... Uh, majority of all of uh, my clients are African-American. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that being said, so of course, in today's society, a lot of those families, I'm sure have kids or so forth. How do you prepare someone or any family who have children and, you know, that's their first priority as far as you know, saving money and building and uh, 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 you know, towards their finances for the future, because that becomes a bit of a hassle. Because me being a parent myself, you know, one day I have to pay for pictures, the next day I have to pay for 
the dentist mm-hmm. or you know what I'm saying? Those things come up. Yeah. Um, what I tell people is communication is key, right? You, you know, you, you, you got to talk about things and um, having, you know, you are a parent, having your children involved to have them to understand like, okay, one money doesn't go on trees and, you know, you know, mom and dad make this amount of money and we have to make sure that we keep a roof over here. But and the one thing I noticed that parents don't want to do is they don't want to stress children out about money. Right. And so we want them, we give them a false sense that everything is okay. But the reality is that we need to really communicate to say what we really need to do. Um, what I tell people with parents, because I don't have children, but um, I do have uh, older brother and sister and they do have children. But I simply say, listen, when you bring a child into this world, please by all means, make sure you do not bring them into a debt situation. But that's one of the things that we do, right? So we we have kids and then we're already in the debt. And then when the child gets here, we are further into debt. So we continue to dig that ditch further and further and further. And so as the child grows older, you know, we have to rob Peter to pay Paul. Uh, clip coupon, mm-hmm. clip coupons. You know, say no, I can't pay for pictures, or find you know uh, creative ways to get additional income, or, or work like a dog, or work like a slave at your job to bring in more money. And then when your child graduate and turn eighteen, most of us, what we do, kick the child out the house and say, okay, you're on your own. But you know, yep. when we do that, they're <laughs> starting from zero. And what I what I'm telling people is not all cultures do that. I know some people um, and one thing I'm very mindful of is comparison between the races. I don't like to do that. I like to compare cultures. Right. And so one thing that we really need to do as a culture is to cultivate our children. So when you have children, it's no longer about you anymore. So that Gucci bag that you have just took a thousand or two thousand dollars out your child's savings savings account or or your child's college education and i i, I compare right. i compare the two and i say okay all right yeah you have the latest you know this 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 you got the latest house the latest car everything else is your you know right as of today is your son or daughter's education paid for in cash and if the answer is no then you have to be ashamed of yourself as a parent you cannot have all of these luxuries and not take care of the future of that child. That is unfair. It is unfair for you to have them to have to go out there and get student loans because your counterparts are not doing that. Your counterparts are working to put money aside. So when they graduate, they're already 20, 50, 100, 200 millions of dollars ahead of your child. Your child has to start from zero. So don't give your child that same opportunity. But to sum it all up, you got to have the community. You got to have that talk. You got to have the talk about money, but don't talk to your child about money to the point that they say, well, I can't ask mom and dad because we're tight. No, what we have to do is look what's reasonable for this year. What's going on? So you can plan things out, you know, um, and not, and plans are meant to be broken and that's understood. But what you have and what I teach in my class is risk management. And to understand that there has to be some cushion, because if you do fall, you just don't want to fall hard. You want to fall 
to the point that you can bounce back and still be good to go going forward. I have a question now that you mentioned about the school prospect of like, especially black families and less and such. When I went to school, I don't know if they still do this. I don't know if you encourage people if this is a good idea. Is it good to still like, even if you don't to invest in like stocks or bonds, like my parents, they they didn't have help from their parents. Everybody, you know, was still working. They had us at a young age. And when we went away for college, they actually, my mom actually worked for a, a bank that she invested in bonds. And as they matured, by the time I got to college, it wasn't enough, to be honest, because the universe I went through was just too expensive. But we wanted to take out loans and still doing the bonds. What other sources could they use because of the fact some people don't qualify for like those particular things when it comes to those family issues and mm-hmm. finances, where, yeah, you're right, you do dig yourself in, and then the child or you want to pay whatever loans and such so forth to get forward still. Uh, yes, and the bonds that you're talking about are the savings bonds. So, yeah, no, no nobody, right. no, I mean, nobody does save i mean well people still do savings bonds but they don't hold as much weight as they used to um but what you you definitely now and here's the one thing about it when you sit down with a financial advisor um and a lot of times they go based upon your income so if you already made you know say you're making less than fifty thousand you're you're not going to talk to a good financial advisor right you may go to your local bank but that person not a financial advisor that person is just working just like you now i used to work for not a name you know but they abbreviated boa bank um but they didn't equip us as um as financial managers who works on the desk side to say okay when you have someone who comes in um, these are all the ways you can help them financially. No, it was you had to sell a checking, a savings, a credit card, a business account, and a mortgage. You got commission, so you have to sell these products. Anything else, if they don't make over a certain amount, we don't even want to talk to them, right? So that's how the, the bigger banks are. And that's why I said, you know, a financial coach is a little bit different. So to answer your question, there's not a cookie cutter uh, type program, what you will have to do is sit with someone to discuss what are my options, right? So, yes, can you invest in um, EFT stocks? Yes, you can, but you want to do if, if your whole sole goal is to invest in that and pay for your child's education, okay, setting up the proper account so you don't have any tax consequences and your child gets to pay for school, that's when you need a professional. Um, if you don't have access to that and say, listen, I don't even make a whole lot. I, I'm, I'm barely um, bringing in enough. I'm paying enough just to keep the lights on, mortgage and or rent and food and shelter. What are my other options? Okay, you know, they mostly tell people, okay, well, scholarships and good grades. Okay, well, what happens if you don't have access to that? Then your last resort is the student loans, but let's talk about borrowing um, wisely, 
with student loans, right? You just don't want to borrow the whole kitchen sink. Or maybe the school that you have in mind may not be um, financially sound. You may have to go to a community college and where it's cheaper and get a cheaper degree. That doesn't mean that you discounted your education. It just means that you have to take a different route. So everybody's financial path is not the same. And so that's the best way I can answer that is to say you really will have to talk with a coach or talk with an advisor or have that access. And I think now um, that technology and, and, you know, Instagram is putting people out there, right? So now everything really is at your fingertips. All you have to do these days is just ask the internet. Now, I'm 36. Back when I was an undergrad, I had Netscape. And you know how limited that was. And you couldn't find oh my nothing. Goodness. Right? Oh you my couldn't goodness. find nothing. You would, you would give up. You'd be like, man. You would just give up. You, I mean, we had like AOL. AOL was limited. You know, yeah. Yahoo. It's like oh. AOL. Oh, oh, right? yeah. Now. The sounds yes. and everything. Listen, that's why I, I, I kind of like clutch my pearls when people tell me they, could, they can't find stuff. I'm like, did you ask the internet? Did you ask Google? Because right. I guarantee you the answer is out there. You just ain't typing it on the keyboard. So I have the issue with this one right here. When she <laughs> asked me, what's this? What's that? I'm like, you got a phone. Google it. Just type it in. Right. Yeah. But and, and that's but see, that's the world, that's the world we're starting to live in. And that's why I say my methods is 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 old in in the old way because what I don't want what I don't want is you to get so comfortable with technology that you start Oil. thinking. You there's there's still a person yep. back behind running those machines. Yes, you can go out there and Google and, and type in, you know, how to fly. You know, it is it, something will pop up. But you still got to be able to make a sound, you know, in, in good judgment calls. But you know, right? If you can research the the, the latest pair of Jordans or new shoes and getting ready to come out, certainly you can do the same thing with your finances. No excuse. This is true. This is true. You you even making me overthink. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? There's a couple of things I haven't Googled mm -hmm. Yeah. Listen, I didn't get this far in my so, job wait. without Google. Huh? So you, your life, like you're, you're coaching everybody through all these things. Who coach you? Ooh, that's a good, that's a very good like, question. Yeah, yeah. Like who who do you go to? Who gets you? Who got you over these hills? Who's got you, you know, to being Madam CFO's very own? You Let know? me tell you, um, the people, because it's not a person, the people who okay. have helped, um, I mean, besides, I mean, my foundation first comes from my parents, right? Uh, good, solid family structure and background. But career-wise and where I am today, the people that helped me get here are not the same color as me. Hello. It happens. Hey, that right? happens. It's, they're, they're not the, they're not the same color as I. And um, no. it, it's more of these folks just took me underneath their wings and was like, "Let me mm. show you this," because I was hungry, right? So when I started my job um, um, with the agency I was at around 2006, right? Because that's where most of my career history is consistent. Um, when I started in 2006, um, I think I was making like 29,000 and I was just like, okay, this is not a job. This is a career. Mm -hmm. This is a career. I want to work in finance. This is a career. 
I went out there and said, okay, Google, what do I need to do to get to the next promotion, <laughs> right? What do I need to have? What kind of certifications? What kind of education? Everything. I Googled it. And I went to my supervisor and I said, hey, um, okay, I want to be able to go to the next level of my career. In order for me to do that, I got to take these classes. Can I have money to go to training? She was like, sure, go right ahead. Okay, took it. And so oh, wow. I went to training. I came back to work and I didn't really have a job title. I was like a student then, uh, intern. And so what I did was I went to everybody that was seasoned uh, in their career. I went to everyone's desk and I simply said, what do you do? And they would simply show me and I'll say, okay, if I do X, Y, and Z for you to help you make your job go faster for the day so you can spend hours doing something else, would you mind if I did that? Like, no, go ahead, Nicole. Okay, great. And I will create things and I'll make things run efficient and fast. And what happened was people started to notice me. And so then I started to create a name for myself at work. So everyone knew that's the girl that knows how to get things done efficiently and effectively. She speaks well. She's very nice. She's always willing to help out. And so I started to make a name for myself at work. And so I want to say like every year I had a different job title because every year I was getting a promotion. And so mm. I just network like hell at work. And I kept a, I kept my blinders on at work, which means that I didn't get involved in the office gossip. I didn't get involved in the office drama. Um, I kept to myself. Um, and I work. just, I, I put in the necessary time. And so while I'm doing that, remember, somebody is always watching you. Mm-hmm. And I just made sure I kept that sunny disposition at work. And so people would see me and then I would start to ask questions. And then some people who were like getting ready to retire, I would sit down and I would listen to their conversation. And then I would ask a question and they are like, Oh, Nicole, well, you know, it's X, Y, and Z. See, look at my account. You got to make sure you're doing this, this, and this. So they were comfortable because everyone knew me and I can't tell people, yeah, you can try that approach, but it doesn't work for everybody. You have to find what works for you. So it's an even exchange. But like I said, and like I tell everybody, everyone that I learned everything from when it comes to money is not the same color as me. Mm-hmm. That's not a bad thing. It's, it's it, and, and to work hard and, and to just be noticed, period, it doesn't matter what color. No. That's your hard mm-hmm. work. At the end of the day, you just want to be recognized for what you're right. doing. Right. Yeah. And if those are and if and they're the people that's in charge and they're the ones who notice and what you do, that's just what right. it is. And it's always good Not, to know you who know. your major players are. I always tell people that. Exactly. Uh-huh. Exactly. Because exactly. the only way you're gonna make it to the top is knowing those guys. Yeah, and you don't have to brown nose them because they already know that people suck up to them. And you yeah. don't, right? That's, exactly. Don't don't do that. And even I'm at that position <laughs> where I have people do that and you just look at them like, mm-hmm, yeah. Um, and you move right along. Like, you don't brown nose. And I'm always giving out information. So I never, you know, you have the people who have job security. So they don't want to tell you nothing, right? You got to learn on your own. No, I'm, I'm not that. I'm going to give you the answer. You know, I never, I never mm-hmm. feel th- 
threatened by anyone else coming to me to ask a question about anything that relates to my job. I'm always going to give you the answer. I'm never threatened because I have confidence to know, one, probably you can't beat me. And then, two, I really don't really care. Um, and so, yeah. Exactly. So you in the Chocolate City, you a Redskins fan? Of course. Yes! Yes! I don't know if they yes. call it chocolate anymore. It's like a swirl. <laughs> no, I, I hey, Look, <laughs> my family is from Richmond, Virginia. Oh, yeah? So we kind of old school, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Kind of, yeah, so you a Redskins. She a Redskins fan I'm as well. I'm a yeah. Redskins fan no matter what's going on. Her dad's a Redskins Yeah, you know, they, they a little, you know, they, they got their good times. They got their bad <laughs> times. We're in New York. Could you imagine what time we, we have with all our sports? Listen, I lived in New York for two years. Uh, and what happened? What years were those? That was from... <laughs> what happened? Uh, yeah, I'll tell you about what happened. Um, that was from 2014 to 2016 when I moved back home. Okay. So you, you, you were there when the Super Bowl was there, I think? I don't... Maybe I wasn't paying attention. Maybe, I know I was in. Maybe, maybe. Right, I probably wasn't paying attention. I was nothing really good has happened for my city in a while, so I'm looking. For- I, I, I mean, it, it's it's New York. Come on now. I mean, like y'all need now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody, everybody goes to New it's York. It's cold like everywhere else. You know, <laughs> you know, in New York, it just it, it y'all don't need y'all just y'all stay New York and that's it. You know, <laughs> no, but no, I, I enjoy every minute of living in New York. Actually, I was going to uh, FIT. Um, oh, yeah, I was gonna ask you about fashion. How how involved are you still with the fa- uh, with, um, fashion? Uh, I see you got the, the blue blazer on, looking sharp. That oh, thank nice. you. Um, no problem. So, fashion was my first um degree choice. But you know those guidance counselors that they give us in high school that don't really do their job and all their whole point is to discourage you from what you really want to do? Well, I had one of those guidance yeah. counselors because, you know, you're in the 12th grade, you meet with your guidance counselor, you talk about SAT scores, ACT, and what you want to major in. And so I said, I want to major in fashion design. And I kid you not, her exact words were, you need to pick another major because you're not going to make any money. Oh, and they won't say that to you. Now. They don't even care. They right. <laughs> they just they just doing time and attendance. Uh, so <laughs> check a box. You here? Um, but that was very discouraging for me. And I was just like, well, okay, let me go back to the drawing board. And I was like, okay, well, I like to help people. Why not psychology? Whatever. And so once I kind of like hit a plateau in my career I said okay all right I got my master's degree my my career is set I'm just coasting like what else do I want to do with my life and so I said you know what let me go back to my original dream I had was living in New York City because this is like the 90s right so New York is it you watch it living single uh uh ghost writer <laughs> my other you know favorite it was like a whole, whole bunch of favorite shows that was based on New York so I was like oh man I had family there so I was like oh I want to live out my dream go live in New York you know and get into fashion and so I did that, but after a while, I couldn't really do the back and forth a lot. And the fact that I was not willing to give up uh, my nice, cushy salary for New York City to start from scratch. Um, right. Believe, believe it or not, I worked in the fashion district. Oh, yeah? 
Yeah, no, see, yeah, I'll not, be like, listen, I, 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 I need my did. salary to be this. They're going to be like, well, you get this 25, 30 and go about your business. <laughs> I, I, I did, but I didn't. Like, my mom, she used to work for um Michael Kors and Tracy mm-hmm. Reese um, down in fashion. District. Okay. So she got me, like, a job in, 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 the, in the, on 8th Avenue. Okay. Pushing, pushing material from like a cutting factory to the the to the designers and stuff like that, like pushing the carts at like 17, 18 years List. old through the streets of Manhattan. But I'll tell you one thing: I used to get tips crazy, like three. I would get two tips from the same people a day. Like it was it was amazing. Like as a teenager, it was amazing. Yeah, like that that dream would have worked well in the nineties when things were a little more affordable, <laughs> right? Um, well, that was you know not too far from then. That was not yeah. too far from but then. right now in New York, what I've learned in New York is you cannot live in New York solo by yourself. I mean, you can, no. you can, but however, um, you got to have a nice job to pay that rent. Um, I, I paid. You'll be eating crackers and cheese. Right, and I lived in Astoria, <laughs> so I love my little apartment in Astoria, oh, and then I moved out oh, to Long Island and West Hempstead. I mean, I like those two little areas, but I was just like twenty five for an apartment here and no, with no closet space. <sighs> yeah, yeah. They building. Uh, that's all they're building now is just closets for you to live in. Yeah, y'all can get out of they that. Charge you the arm and you, you know what? One did. I went to. I kid you not. I don't know where I was. Maybe Midtown. Went to go see one apartment. Was like maybe eighteen or, or two grand. And walked in. It was like a little shoebox. I walked in, and all you do is like do about face, and you back out the door. And so I said, "Where's the bathroom?" He's like, "Oh, down the hall." I was like, "Oh no, sir." No, no, sir. Not where I come from. This is not, and I couldn't get over the fact that you got to pay a realtor to find an apartment for what I'm not paying that fee. No, <laughs> so I, I, I love New York to death. Don't get me wrong, I still visit. But I was just like, okay, I can check the box off in my life when I'm about 70. I don't have any shoulda, coulda, woulda. I, I moved to New York. I had a great time. You did that. I yeah. did it. And now it's time to come on back home where I got some space. Right. Right. Mm-mm. That's funny. So, DC, mm-hmm. how do you have fun? Because I have friends that go to DC every year for carnival. I'm big on. Um, Caribbean culture. My dad is Jamaican, so like they've been get, trying to get me to go to DC Carnival. Have you seen it, or have you ever partaken any of those kind of things down there? Uh, no. Um, okay. <laughs> I expect no. That. Uh, cause um, you know, when you the boss, you can't be out there shaking your tail yeah, feather. Yeah, you can't be out there. Yeah, yeah right, you can't be out there. Understand? And that's that's what. <laughs> but that's that's one thing that kind of like I sacrifice was you know my personal social life for my career right and so while everyone else was going out partying I was pretty much at work uh and so now that I'm kind of like okay things are stable I still want to have fun but I'm not about out there about the no you ain't about the, you not this is the world everybody wants to have you on live a video mm-hmm. no <laughs> so yeah um you go to work that next day. Right, and I'm not, I'm called in security. You know, yeah. right, like, yeah. you know, I, I don't want that or, or I'm called on the carpet because 
you got to remember, I'm still in my 30s and I'm still in those early 30s and everybody else around me at work who's at my level or level up are in their uh, 60s and 50s and 70s. You know, I look like a grandchild or one of their kids to them. So I can't really... Like, oh, Nicole, what you oh, doing man. the weekend? Like, mm, went to bed, went to sleep. <laughs> and like, oh, but there's a picture of you over here Look in Carnival in the phone. Check like, on that's Instagram. no, right. No, that's why, like, even, <laughs> even my personal page is not even underneath my real name. You cannot find me. You cannot find... This is the only page where you can find my uh, real first and last name. Other than that, to find out, you know, how I look on the weekend and, and what I like to do for fun, that is underneath a pseudo name. No one would ever. You have to know somebody that knows me personally or you have to come and ask me. And if you're at work and you're asking me that, I'm going to tell you, I don't even know what that is. Uh, I don't I don't have Instagram. What is what is that? Insta what? Facebook. What, what is that? I don't know what that is. <laughs> I try to tell my boys, I'm like, I can't go out and shake my tail feather no more. I'm doing a couple's podcast. Could you imagine that? Yeah, you may be shaking your tail feather with your <laughs> with your significant other. <laughs> you know? Right. That's the only thing. Like, mm, what's this? Yeah. You like you having a real good time. Is that why you didn't answer the phone? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'd be right there in the in the friend section. Or let me see he done friend uh friend quested this person. Who who is this? <laughs> So, but yeah, exactly. Exactly. there's other ways to have fun, <laughs> right? There yeah. is, and people need to yeah. realize there are other ways. Go, go. I, I do like traditional things, you know. Um, it's it's other ways to have fun, but a lot of times, um, uh, I may be, I, I may not be in the area having fun. So I definitely love to travel. Um, you know, mm-hmm. DC. I didn't see every part of it, and let me t- don't ask me clubs in this area because I don't know. I don't go. <laughs> and then when I do I go, was, I, I wish I knew something to ask. Right. You, when I when I do go, or if I suggest something, it's so old. I don't know if the building's still there or not, or the crowd <laughs> that I remember was there is no longer that same crowd, and there's everybody that no. may be younger than me. And I'd be like, oh no, Mm-mm. I'm just gonna go to a nice little lounge and have a drink, and that's about it. Right. So, if people like for my question, well, let me just ask the question. What do you encourage like people reading self help books? And if you do have, do you have any self help books that people could read to start into encouraging or ways of getting into um, that financial assistance that they need? Yes, that's a good question. And as you said that, um, I can turn around because there's some books here. Because if you ask me, um, you know, to run off some, I'm gonna tell you, I really don't know. Um, but <laughs> on the financial side, I mean, I love Susie Orman, right? I mean, that's my girl. Um, she has really good books. Um, there's another one um, that's called like Girl Get Your Money Straight. <laughs> uh, you know, there's another one like How to Invest uh, $50 to $5,000 or um, this. Uh, the most recent one that I, I read was um, You're a Badass at Making Money. I think she has a, a couple of series of books that you're a badass. Um if you pick a self-help and I always tell people when you do pick a self-help book, because I, I mean, I'm not going to promote anybody unless they plan on giving me a check. Um, but if you right. do get a self-help book, get one that kind of speaks to you. Right. But look at that person first. And so now, you know, we have access to how 
what people talk about um, online on the internet and people show like little video clips and look at those clips first before you invest in the book because you got to be very careful of who speaks life into you because those are seeds that's going to be planted into you right and so um, here in this area I go to a church called like First Baptist Church of Glen Arden like and Pastor Jenkins like I really do like his deliverance of how he speaks to me spiritually. And so I go there to get spiritually fed, but you have to be very careful of who you read and who you kind of follow, you know, like, you know, you can go to Instagram and get the greatest advice, but that doesn't mean it applies to your life. You have to know what speaks to you. And if it doesn't grow you just to just, just get rid of it. And as far as like financial books go, I mean, I think there's like a ton of them. Um, You know, the library is the greatest, always has, even though people don't go as much as they should. Um, You know, I'm an avid person of going in Barnes and Noble with my Amazon app and finding a a book in there for cheap. I may just skim through the book and just say, okay, Amazon got it cheap, let me buy it. But (laughs) it's all kinds of books out there that you can read that the key thing is to pick up a book and read or to like you like you guys have you have a podcast um listen to those podcasts listen to how and it want it has to be positive right because we live in a world where reality tv is life and i have a no reality tv policy i can't i can't watch it anymore mm-hmm. i can't i can't do love and hip hop i can't do real housewives i can't i can't do those shows anymore because they don't promote um positive things that's going on in my life and so that's why i say whatever that you read or what whoever that you listen to if they're not sowing seeds of positive like if you don't see a positive change if you don't see positive results from it then you don't need to watch it because like mm. you notice if you if you watch love and hip-hop and don't get me wrong i was watching it in the beginning and then after a while i started noticing i was having issues in my relationship like you know stuff stevie j was doing i think wait a minute <laughs> wait <laughs> you know now i'm angry all of a sudden i don't know why but because i let yes. a negative show yeah. influence me and you have to you have to be, you know, you have to be a strong-minded individual to say, I'm not going to allow that in my house. So I don't watch no reality shows. I think most of the stuff that I do watch is like reruns anyway, because I already know what was going on during those time periods. Um, but definitely have a book that, or have someone that feeds your soul, have someone that feeds your mind, that feeds your body, and feeds your emotions. And I'm a Virgo and I'm all about harmony of all of my worlds. And so if I find that one of my worlds is not being fed and whatever is being fed is not coming out in a positive way, then I have to stop and regroup and say, hey, that's not for me. So it's kind of hard for me to say, you know, okay, with this author, you know, it's this, this, this. It's all about where you are in life. And you got to be able to you know, like in psychology, the first thing we say is in order to you for you to fix a problem, you have to identify that there's a problem. And so that's the first thing you got to do. You got to identify that I want to grow above where I am. 
where do I go? The first thing is, like you say, go to the internet, pick up a book, but look through those books. Does it speak to you? You know, and, and you're in, you know, if you're very in tune with yourself. You know, it will, it will, your body will tell you, your mind will tell you. So that would kind of be my answer. I mean, it's a lot of good books out there, um, but you just have to find what speaks to you. Thank you. So, so I don't want to get too personal. Do you have a family, any boyfriend, husband, or anything like that? So I do have a special somebody. Um, so when when you gonna get Sir CFO going off the ground? What you doing? What you mean? Wait a minute. I'm sorry. Repeat that. Rewind it again. Say it again. Sir, Sir CFO. Ah, sir, that could be the male. Yeah. No. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to look out for the brothers. Yeah, no. I see madam and I'm just like, you know, we need a little sir, something right sir, CFO. A little something. Yeah, you know. No, I, I'd rather You gotta hurry up before I pass. Yeah, yeah. You. No, no. <laughs> Trademark is already pending, bro. Uh-uh. <laughs> uh sir, I already got that lock. Um, but okay. um no, I um in in a relationship you gotta have your individuality. Right. Um, that's key right. because some of us get into relationships and we forget about our friends, forget that we used to go to dance and karate and then next thing you know we all about that person and, and that person making us happy and it causes conflict um, you know he is a very smart intelligent um, businessman that I am very proud um, to know and to call as a special person in my life, but um, yeah. incorporating into the business, of course, you know, you can have those business conversations and, hey, babe, what you think about this kind of thing? But, you know, I'm good at financial management. I'm not good at, you know, what he does. He's a he's an expert at what he does, but then I can come in and say, oh, you might want to change operations and do this, this, and this, because maybe I have a project management background, but I don't know everything he does. So I'm not going to come in his lane and run his business. It's like, he's not going to come in, hit in my lane and run my business. I'd be like, excuse me, That's sir, funny. madam. Um, when did you start right, doing right. this? <laughs> you know, but of course you got you know you you bring referrals and that's always good. But no, you got to be able to spec- respect each other's space and give that person and let them know like, hey, I had this before you, and if you know this don't work out, I'm still gonna have this after you. Um, but no, yeah, that's dope. Shout out to him. Last question before I get sure. you out of here: How is DC reacting to Michael Cohen right now? I'm sorry who 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 is that who? <laughs> Thank you for your time, Nicole Joy. You're welcome for joining both sides with DJ Honey Podcast. It's been our pleasure for having you on. Everybody, give it up. Give it up for Nicole. Yes, we are greatly appreciated. I thank you guys, and thank you so much. And um, this has been a great time. Yeah, yes, it thank was. you. It really was. Both sides, y'all. All right, have a good one. Welcome back to Both Sides with DJ. And honey. Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Hello. I like how the podcast thing on the end. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> that was Nicole Deutsch. want to thank her again for stopping through or calling in, I should say, to Both Sides. Um, 
dropping some crazy knowledge. I hope you guys had your pens and papers out, getting everything you could. Um, you guys should check her out on Instagram, Madam CFO. That's simple on Instagram. Um, she has seminars if you guys are in the DC area, yeah, the DMV area. Right. Check her out. Um, hit her up. And Got go to her website. Her website is on her Instagram page as well. It's great. It's great to have a woman. Yes, very, very. Actually showing other women yes, how to go. Very for sharp, it. too. Very, oh. very sharp. So Love appreciate her. her. Yes. Love it. Love First it. time meeting her, so it was a very, very, very great, mm-hmm. great piece of um, content we got from right. her. Mm-hmm. So we're going to just roll up, up out of here, ladies and gentlemen. It's been a nice, beautiful show, nice welcome back show. Right. Thank you guys again for listening. We're going to um, go and enjoy our weekend. We hope you guys do the same. Mm-hmm. What are we doing? Real quick. I don't We're going DJ oh, Eddie Nocitelli's birthday. Yes, party. Yes, yeah. we're going to go to DJ Eddie Nocitelli's birthday, birthday party. Check that out. That's going to be in Brooklyn this weekend. Yeah, we're going to have a great time. Yeah, they party real Shout good, out honey. to him. Shout out to everybody who also always stopping through the show, showing love and all those things. This is Both Sides with DJ. And honey. You guys stay blessed. Have a great weekend. As always. Hey, you guys, we would like to give thanks to the various artists who contribute to all our episodes. Have a happy Friday. That's it? Okay, that's it.